back and thanks for listening to another Cinematrimony podcast. I don't am, thank them at the beginning. Don't thank know, them. They might not make it to the end. They're starting to listen. Thank you for beginning to listen. Yes. I'm Matt Scalisi and joining me as always on the Cinematrimony podcast is my lovely wife and co-host Francesca. Hello. And uh, we are just back from a screening of another Another uh, of the falls, kind of buzzed about, but not not super big, uh, hyped up movies. And it's uh, Ides of March, the George Clooney directed political thriller. Would you say? I would say that. I'd also say George Clooney, you bastard. And I would also say, before we start talking about things, that while we always say that this is not spoiler free, this is a movie which plot points are kind of the point of the movie. I would and agree. really, really, even if you're somebody who goes like, yeah, whatever, it's a movie about cancer, it's not going to spoil it. This one, it would really spoil let's it give, if you know Let's give happen. quick letter grades and then say, if you haven't seen it yet, turn it off after our, because we should at least say whether we recommend it or not before we tell them. It. Now turn this thing off. But give it a letter grade. Hmm... Some dead air right there, my friend. Well, sir, you didn't tell me we were going to be doing this. We did just cut back like a half an hour. Yeah, ago. no. Well, this is this uh, is raw reaction. I'd say like B plus. B plus. See, I would say I felt B plus for most of the movie, and I would say there is a uh, there is a, a a direction the movie takes near the end that I would say brings it into A territory. Okay. Well, I'm saying. You know, as personal opinion, I, it was a it was a good B plus. B plus is not bad. No, it's not. You know, it's just not particularly my genre of film. You know, I would say this is potential best picture possibility as a nominee would be my opinion. Okay. And now, if you haven't seen it, kindly hit pause and come back and join us again after you've seen it. But for those who don't either, really don't care. Or you're gonna you're gonna kill you. you're just gonna hate yourself. Yeah. Because let's just say that this movie I don't know about you, I went in knowing that it was a political movie and that's it. And it spends probably the first forty five minutes being like an Aaron Sorkin movie. And I was like, Okay, so this is just gonna be like a little behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like, you know, people working hard, getting it done on a, you know, political uh when when in reality it is Perhaps the exact opposite of an Aaron Sorkin it's political movie. Well, and and that's what makes the, uh, you know, it, the the, sh- the shift is abrupt, but not. It, it was unexpected. Let but me let me tell you what not unreasonable. You're gonna that. you're gonna not like this comparison, but let me tell you the movie that this made me think of, especially the final shots of this movie. Mm-hmm. It made me think. Of Black Swan. Oh, I'll kill you in your sleep. I know. I knew you were going to say that. But listen, hear me out. So, I mean, what this movie really, at the end of the day, is about is it's about an idealistic, uh, smart, talented person 
who basically becomes uh, darkened and cynicized and uh, and becomes sort of evil over the course of the movie. It's about it's about someone becoming you know going going into the dark and basically that's what happens the, the that that to me that's when i talk about what t- took it into a territory the way they wrap this up and the way they uh they especially this last sequence where he literally walks into the dark the darkness and uh and goes and sits in that chair and we get that close up of him and you can just see all that that like bright hopefulness that we see in him in the beginning of the movie it's gone from his eyes it's gone from his face and he's purely he he's he has become exactly what paul giamatti warns him against which is that it's it's gonna kill that that uh optimistic idealistic side of him and that's that's exactly what happens well let's let's there is some ambiguity in the way this ends is he like going to I, you know, it, oh, no, it I makes th- you feel like he's about to, like, blow the lid off this thing. No, I think he's just... That's not how... That, I get what you're saying. And I think some of the audience thought that, too, because there was a big gasp uh, as well, the director because, credit you know came why? up. Well, no. The, I think the gasp was just that we didn't find out anything, you know. But they set it up to be like, well, is he about to just, out of pure rage, like, blow the whistle on this thing? But the other thing that was really interesting about that is because the movie starts with him... Seemingly, like, making a speech, and then you realize mm-hmm. he's just... So, he sits down... Like, what I'm thinking when he goes and sits down is, oh, okay, he's just prepping this for another one of uh, Morris's... Mm-hmm. You know, he's just he's just getting everything set up for Morris, and then you realize, oh, crap, he's going to be giving a mic. And that's what makes you go, like, oh... Well, I, I, I didn't really think there was anything to suggest that he was going to blow the whistle, because he's got what he wants at that point. And, I, I mean, I think... I read the ending as that he is... He is basically, but oh, the old the old Stephen is dead, and just just that that's where my Black Swan comparison comes in because to me it really is that this is a different person now than we saw at the beginning, and this is a this is a dark, uh, maybe not quite evil, but he what you know because I I think no what, that's what I'm saying they think what it Clooney is evil. that's is, what made me go like maybe he's yeah. just throwing caution to the wind and it is gonna well, just I think what screw him over because he's angry I think what could catch about this movie and why I think it could end up as the best picture nominee is um you know George Clooney's always kind of been known as a as a very moralistic very ideological liberal you know he he made his big speech a few years ago at the Oscars that. You know, it was very idealistic. I, you know, I think this is a movie about how, how politics by its very nature is cynical and darkens things. And, and it doesn't, that basically well, it, it turns good, good men to, to bad men. Marissa Tomei's first speech is your foreshadowing. Like, okay. This what is was called, her first speech? Not speech, but when she's, she's meeting with, uh, Stephen and Paul. Yeah. And she says, you know, and then Paul Does she goes talk away about that and she too? says, you know, they're all nice men. Yes. But, but he'll let you down. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, look, here's, I mean, I may be drawing, you know, to, I may be uh, reading too much into it. It's called the Ides of March. Mm-hmm. I think this was meant to be set up a little Shakespearean. Like, it I is a little bit, but that, I, that, that this was not just a passing reference to go like, oh, beware, the, you know, that that they're referencing like, you know, being betrayed and this and that. 
I mean, you've got her as like the witches at the beginning foreshadowing mm-hmm. what's to come, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got this, this sudden and brutal turn of face. And again, this is why I'm in Brutus turn of, you know, but, um, but that's, I mean, Julius Caesar is a story about a bunch of people who are completely cynical, masking themselves as ideological people and they manipulate the crowd. Well, this is again by, my other point. The title is the other thing that makes me go. Perhaps you know the ambiguous ending was meant to suggest that he is about to just out of his rage and anger, like you know, because he's not. I don't he's, think he's angry anymore. I think he's just. I think he's just. De- that part of him is dead. I think he's just cynical at the end, and that he he knows it's all I'm a game. I'm just saying. It could, I'm saying. You're you're making it sound like you think the only thing is he's just going to go and be like, yeah, that's our boy. I think it was meant to make you go like, I don't know. I like think he's he, such a loser. Yeah, maybe there's right a moral. Now. Maybe there's some maybe moral he ambiguity. Is gonna, you know, but why would he do that at that point? Because he's mad. If he had some morals because left, he would he's do that. Being he's betraying everybody now because he's just angry at the way he got played. Yeah. I'm just saying the the. It's not. Um, you're making it sound like it couldn't be possible. I think I'm it's purposefully it's meant to be like, well, you know, he got screwed by everybody. He got screwed by his side and the other side. But not not in and, the end. I mean, he won. He got he got the the but he, the thing he wanted. But it still could just be he's just that angry because this was the guy who he looked up to. I mean, they made this whole thing of at the beginning, like, no, nope, I'm I'm backing him because I believe in him. Right. And he's you know this yeah. and that. And so. I'm he's saying not, I, he's angry, you know, I, I he's think, an angry young man who was jaded overnight. I think that, uh, that part of him dies when he's in the speech, uh, where the endorsement is happening. And cause you can look at his face in that scene and, uh, you know, you kind of see the little, I don't know, you kind of see the little ghost of, of Molly walking through the room, you know, that is the new girl. And I think you really, just, by the way, it looked like Evan Rachel. Wood. I, it was really well cast. And, uh, so, you know, and he hears his guy talking about integrity and, you know, honesty and morals. Well, and here again, I think he's saying. just sitting there thinking, up to make you this go, is like, all, is he gonna... this is all crap. Right. Which again is why I think they were sort of suggesting that he might. But I, I think he thinks that they're all they're all that way. There is it's not that his guy let him down. I think he knows at the end that they're they would anybody would let him down. They would all let him down. And uh I don't know. But that I mean to me I'm reading it a lot darker than than you are. I I think it's like a commentary on No, that I'm the one who's saying that politics. he's going to just blow it up on everybody because he's angry. I'm saying I think it beats him and he gives up and and says this whole thing is is bad news, and uh, you can either just make your money off of it or walk away. But there is no helping people. There is no doing the right thing for the world. Well, right, that's which, all crap. Like I said, Marissa Tomei lays out for you in the first five minutes yeah. of the thing. I mean, like basically, in a way, it's just a coming of age story for him because nobody else is learning anything. Mm-hmm. You know, no one else is like having They're already a there. You change. They're already right. there. Yeah. You know, even you know George Clooney, who he holds up. As this, you know, you know, wise man, you know, he was, he, you know, you find out he was ready to pay for the abortion of the intern who he seduced, if we're to believe her story, yeah. which I think we were meant to. Oh, I think, so, I you think know, it even was though true, he yeah. was being presented at the beginning of the movie as this, like, you know, wholesome, great candidate, you know, we eventually find out, no, even he was like jaded and gross and playing the game. So really the only one who was idealistic was 
Steven. Mm-hmm. Not even, you know, Evan Rachel Wood's character was, you know, playing the game. You know, she she was, you know, there because her dad was the, you know, mm-hmm. the doot uh, doot thing. That he Although was. I do think she was also, she, I mean, compared to everybody else, she's relatively innocent. She's there. I mean, look, she she sleeps with with. No, see, that's the thing. She sleeps with them because she's a twenty year old, and she she. I think she's an innocent victim and i think she's no. a, i think she's a she was example. there with the no i think they set it up to also make her story a little bit you know like she may have been kind of selling it that she was just taken advantage of a little bit in as much as they set her up to be like kind of a she's kind of a slut like she's been like you know yeah the way she sort of throws herself at steven and goes like i've been waiting to sleep with you like i've been trying to sleep yeah. with you all this time you know like i would so, say for the most in a part, way that's left a little ambiguous too that you know i mean she she's not wholly innocent. Like she did go up to the center's room and like didn't just leave. You know, I right. mean, yes, he's in. He's obviously more in the wrong. Mm-hmm. But you know, before you get her story of having slept with and gotten pregnant from the uh, you know candidate, you she you kind of laid the groundwork for that. She's like this very like assertive, you know, mm-hmm. sexualized girl. You know, but I don't think she. I don't think she means any harm. I think what happens is she makes some bad decisions well, that saying, are magnified because of the, because of where she is. It plays into too, that, you know, uh, the Senator, is that what he is? Senator He's a Morris, governor. Governor. Yeah. That, you know, he kind of is like, who, you know, who's going to believe you, who's going to believe her, right. you know, like that, you know, that is, that is the thing you can, she, they threw her a little bit, you know, I think she was also painted, Great. She wasn't totally, totally a victim. No, but she, the problem is, if she had done what she did... And she was kind of trying to extort money off of him, too. Oh, I don't think she was extorting money. She was trying to pay for her abortion. Well, but, you know, again, she, she kind of, I think to some extent realized she yielded, you know, she had some power. I think she gets, mostly what happens is, she does something that, if she wasn't working for a campaign, she probably would have gone about her life and not much would have happened, but... She gets steamrolled because she becomes a threat to this politician. And so what we see is that even a guy who claims to stand on high moral ground in politics, if you get in his way or you become a threat to their campaign, it, they don't care. They will, they, will, they will roll right over you. Here's the thing that I don't quite understand the motivation she gets really upset when she hears that he got fired. Yes, because she believes she's going to she's going to be outed. That's why she's so upset. She thinks Steven's going to go out and Which she's going to He was ready to do. Oh, it. he was going to do it, yeah. And she knew he would probably do it. And so she um either did kill herself on purpose or she panicked and started taking to, no, you know, I think she, I think it was... She took, she, she, they said she drank, so she may have drank when she wasn't supposed to drink because she had abortion drugs in her system. Right. So, either way, she did something, she made a really poor decision because she was panicking about what Stephen was going to do. Because he was going to ruin her life. She was going to become Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it worked out pretty well for Monica Lewinsky, actually. I would say not. I would no. say her life was pretty ruined. I mean, she's... No, she's like Pride or... No, she's a celebrity. Yeah, she, but... I think she had like a lipstick and like <laughs> like a home shopping network. No, she like... She spun that into gold for herself. I, I would say most people probably wouldn't trade places with her, though. 
she's 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 famous, but she's famous for no. But I'm doing saying she monetized this. No, yeah. she like turned it into a thing. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that is what she did. Like, yeah, I don't think Evan. I I, I think Molly, the Molly character, clearly would not have seen it as a good thing to happen to her. That she was going to ruin well, right. I'm just, her dad's career. I, yes, her, I get it. You know, I get it. I'm just yeah. saying Monica Lewinsky is not the the best example. Well, whatever. Because she definitely exploited that to her. You'll own become that benefit. famous though if that if you were that person. So, and really, it was worse because of her right. circumstances, but. It should be noted, though, that that's, that is clearly the moment where the tone and the point... Because I was kind of like, what is the point of this movie? Oh, it gets and dark And then suddenly, hurry. when you realize over who's the course, on the phone, and that's the, the minute yeah. that you're like, whoa. It gets... Basically, he picks up the phone, and we never hear the other side right. of the phone. But in a silent moment from Ryan Gosling, we immediately know that something... Something really dark is about to happen in the movie. And really, George Clooney, as a director and a screenwriter here, because he did co-write the screenplay, does a really good job of turning silence into the biggest moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, he, he, he makes it so that... Uh, and, you know, some people call that a cop-out. They, they said that about Sofia Coppola with the end of Lost in Translation, that... It's just a. It's just an easy way out to say, uh, I can't think of anything good to say here, so I'm not going to show you. But to me, yeah, but no, it's but effective. you knew what was going on in this movie. You know, yeah. it wasn't like I mean, but there's no reason Lost for you to hear it. Lost in translation is just annoying because it's okay, like, well, there's not, bad like, example. But but in this movie, you're right. All the conversations we don't hear, we already know what's being said anyway. So let's just let us take the moment. Well, or if we don't know what's going on at that very moment. But there's the moment. There's right the after. moment with Paul with uh with um yeah, Paul's the character's name in, in the car. Right. Which is we just hang on the outside of a car while we know what's going on inside. Well, we have again the, though, for the, a minute I'm like, well, maybe he's just gonna say, like, look, Steve's doing this. To yeah, me. we don't like, there's leaves a little bit of mystery to it, yeah. But you kind of get the You, you get have Stephen and Paul talking to uh the governor. In the, you know, when they're telling him about the compromise he's going to have to make, you have, like I said, the phone call. You have uh, later in the movie when Steven's talking to um, the Jeffrey Wright character by the by the river. You know, right. they leave it up to us for a second where we think, what's he what's he talking to him about? You know, and uh, really, it turns out he's just he's just formulating his plan for when he's going to try to go back to the Morris campaign. But for a minute, we don't know what he's doing. And, um, I don't know. I just, I really, I think George Clooney's had, he had kind of a rough start as a director because I think he got into it too early. What are you talking about? Are you talking about Good Night in the Book? No, I'm talking about, he, he, his first movie was a, um, it was a movie about, um, the guy who was, it was a Sam Rockwell movie and and I'm not going to be able to remember the Wait, name of the movie. Give me more right information. Now. Okay, it was about Sam Rockwell played uh, the a real life guy who was the game. He was the the oh, game right. show host. It was called who was uh, worked for the CIA or claimed to. Uh, what was that Something dangerous. I, I I can't remember, but it it wasn't it wasn't a great movie. It was it was kind of over stylized. It was you know, and I think Good Night and Good Luck was a good movie. He did. No, that one Confessions he got of a Dangerous Mind was what it was called. Yeah, he uh, got major. Le- Leatherheads, not a great movie. 
Not no, a great he movie. He was trying to go Coen Brothers on that one. Yes, he was. But, you know, I would say this is a grown-up, big boy movie where Clooney is a real no, director. No, Good Night and Good Luck, I think, falls in that category. It's, I think this is a better movie. And, but I, I'm just saying style-wise... I think he got more adventures here. He has more of his own style, even though a lot of what Clooney does is taken from Steven Soderbergh. Um, but that said, he he's 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 confident with his very stylistic choices, you know. And to me, that that shows he's becoming a better director. But I think uh, best of all, the best thing you could say about Clooney's directing in this movie. Is that all the performances are really good, and well, you have to give a director some credit, even, got, even with a great cast. Because you were you kept on doing like visible, like oh my gosh, every time someone else would appear on the screen because it was packed with stars. I mean, that's the thing that you get being George Clooney is that you can fill the top ten names with stars. But that doesn't always mean they're all going to be good. I mean, I could I could find you a dozen movies where, that had all star casts and nobody was good. I mean, there was the New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day movies or whatever the crap that is. Mm-hmm. But this, everybody is as good, you know, they kind of are, nobody's really playing that much against type, but they're all very comfortable in the roles and they're really good. Especially, I mean, obviously Ryan Gosling is the, the, the star Having here. And this, this is his year. And I think if he gets, I, I think... The he, year of the baby goose. I think that Ryan Gosling, if, if he gets an Oscar nomination this year, it will be for this. It will be a Best well, Actor nomination drive, for People this. People are all crazy People about love that. that, but I think he will get a Best Actor nomination for this. And I think uh, I think Clooney's okay. It's not a He's very... He's not given much to do. It's not a very important role. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman and Paul Giamatti both are doing their thing. They do, you know, Paul Giamatti plays the same Paul Giamatti that he is in every movie. Well, you know but, who he was. But he's good. In the West Wing one-to-one, he's Toby. He's Toby, yes. And, uh, and you know, but Philip Seymour Hoffman's very good. Evan Rachel Wood is fantastic I haven't forgiven her for what she did to Kate Winslet, though. It's very hard <laughs> for me to look at her stupid face. Did she, you know, she didn't really get any love for all, all the... All the Mildred Pierce love. Because she was a bitch. She didn't get uh, an, an award, I don't think. Sorry, but sorry. she was... She Evan Rachel Wood... You know, you see this with some actors. Like, Anna Paquin kind of had this turn where she was a kid star. And she's doing movies about about geese flying or whatever. And then all of a sudden, awesome. she, like, takes this... She took this, like, turn where she started doing grown-up movies. And it's like, damn, Anna Paquin's a good actress. I think Evan Rachel Wood... I can't really pinpoint it, but... Because I well, I guess she was she was good in thirteen too, which was kind of her big breakout role. Yeah, but she was thirteen, so yeah. But but Evan Rachel Wood in the last couple of years, she's she's gotten serious about it, and she is she is very good. And between this and Mildred Pierce, she's had a good year too. And I I think um, I think Evan Rachel Woods, she, I, I doubt she'll get a lot of a ton of attention for it, but she. Uh, she deserves some, and she, to me, if she does, if she's not great, this movie doesn't work that well. But uh, you know, the the scene with her and and Steven in the bar, it's really well shot. It's it it's skanky, me. but no, it's, it annoyed me because it was two pretty people being pretty and like, but you know oh, what? We're cute, we're sexy. It, it reminded me Shut a lot. Up. It reminded me a lot 
of the way Soderbergh shot a similar sort of sexy bar scene in um, in the Elmore Leonard movie that he did uh, with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. Out of sight. Uh, you like that movie? Uh, you didn't like you didn't like it that much, but that it, it was a very similar scene. Actually, that's pretty much the reason I didn't. I don't like sexy people being, being sexy. <laughs> I mean, I don't want Alexander Payne. But you don't if, like if I'm sexy sitting on my people fat butt eating sexy. popcorn. I don't want to watch people being like, I'm sexy. No, you're so you, sexy. You just, I mean, I'm sexy. I mean, whatever. We're sexy. Let's do this. Thing. You just want to split the difference between yeah. between the bar scene in this and Alexander Payne, right. two fat people going at it. Exactly. You want to split the difference. Yeah. <laughs> That's. So really, you you want Guy Pierce and Kate Winslet from, from Mildred Pierce. No, two, two I don't sort want of that average either. looking people. No, that was upsetting. Let's not even talk about Guy Pierce and Kate Winslet. Wait, enough there's a, already. There's a lot of butt cheek in that movie, by the way. There's a lot of that's very nine, uncomfortable that's, stuff in that movie. That's nine. That's a nine-hour movie, and there's probably a butt cheek an hour at least. I mean, on average. On yes. average, but uh, I mean, are we are we taking uh, them as a cheek a piece or like? <laughs> Are you talking about them as a unit, but cheeks? I think I think each actor showed a cheek per hour. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, so all of them. I mentioned Jeffrey I Wright. Digress. Jeffrey Wright was 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 good, and he's you know he he like you always expect him to show Uh-oh. up. Baby in, town. Hold on a second. It's okay. We're Come good. On. Yeah. Ennio making another cameo appearance in a podcast. He's Just doing. Stop talking about butt cheeks, mom and dad. He's doing okay though. Um, but Marissa Tomei, well, and also this is a little different for her. This is kind of against type for Marissa Tomei because she plays kind of an older woman in this movie. Well, she is an older woman, and, and I'll tell she's you what, really she's good aging at it, though. Quite lovely. Yeah, and I would say if you're gonna if you're gonna start to ease into your late forties, fifties as a as a female actress, saying I, I, I almost couldn't pick a better role than like. Jewish New York Times reporter. That's like Wait, that's like Jewish? perfect because she is Jewish. To me? No. In in I'm saying the character is. Why? Why do you think that? Because that her her name, she's like Leibowitz or something and she has her the way she the way they have her made up her hair and her glasses and stuff. I just thought stuff. she was supposed to be public radio. No, she's she works for the New York Times. Oh. Well, I'll tell you. Let's let's take a little let's have a little sidebar moment for okay. the look. Because I think uh, you know Best Supporting Actor nomination needs to go to the glasses of Ides of March. Because she had some kicking glasses on. I liked Philip Seymour Hoffman's glasses. <laughs> and at one point, Ryan Gosling busts out Does he glasses. have glasses on? Yeah, these are some sexy glasses. It made me want to get some new glasses, frankly. <laughs> these people were Listen, looking good, folks, rocking it out. What other podcast are you going to get that talks about the sexy glasses of Ides of March? I don't know. You're, so you're calling a best costume design award? I'm, no, I'm saying I'm giving them best costume. I love yeah. those glasses. Crap. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman's were weird but cool, like cutting edge. Yeah. What do you think about the the the? Because we've talked about the title Ides of March, the original title of the play upon which this is based, and oh, we don't know anything about the play. The play is called Farragut North. What the crap does that mean? Farragut North is referenced a couple of times in the movie as. The building uh, where you work as a lobbyist once you've sort of become a failed uh, political strategist. 
It's, I had no idea. It's like it's it's like the purgatory that you end up in after you the K Street they kept on talking about well, K, K Street, Street Consulting. K Street is and actually Soderbergh and Clooney had an entire series on HBO, a little known, K very excellent series called K Street, which is about K Street is where all the lobbyists uh, and the political strategists uh, have their offices. That that's like the the area for that. It's where all the political oh, I know. geniuses I just never heard go. Them say- but Farragut North is like a. Uh, I, I guess the the indication there is that that's where you go when you're sort of not really in the thick of it anymore. When you're kind of out of the game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I thought that was a, that was strange that 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 that. I mean, it almost makes it more uh, about well, that was kind of the threat hanging over all of their heads. Yeah, and you know that what. You know, Paul ultimately says, "Like I'm going to take a million a year and go mm-hmm. be a consultant." But you can tell he's he's angry about that because, of course, what he yeah. loves is being on the campaign trail. It makes it a little more like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, in that it's sort of about this bunch of this bunch of guys who are, you know, they're not really fighting for a cause; they're fighting because they don't want to be personal failures. Well, know? and you know, no one in this movie has a family other than the girl yeah. who has a dad. You know, I mean, no one has, I mean, I think it says something that there had that moment where George Clooney says, you know, are you seeing anybody? I'm married to the campaign. Married to the campaign. Married to the campaign. So these are, you know, career But obviously they were both, they were both, well, not both of them, but at least we know Ben was dating Evan Rachel Wood. Is that... Ben, who we is know the... That? Yeah, well, he goes to her hotel room and Yeah, he's but I excited. thought it was just that they were, like, buddies, you know, because they worked together. Why would, he, why would he be buddies with an intern? Well, because he was not much... I don't know. I don't know. I thought the insinuation is that she's kind of sleeping with everybody See, in the campaign. here again. Yeah. She's not really white. Look, I'm not... I didn't mean innocent that way. I just mean innocent in that... Um, She's not intending to bring anybody down. I mean, she's... She did make a reference to, though, that she was at some party of Ben's. So it yeah. could just be their friends. Could be. Kind of thing. But, but I, they're the, they were on the, you know, bottom yeah. round of things. She's, uh, lower uh, she, down. she's certainly not playing the game, and she's not intending to bring Morris down. She's really just there because she's a kid, and her dad could get her that job. And she wants to have fun in an exciting environment, but she... Um, you know, I don't think she ever intended to get so deep into it that she's going to have to have an abortion. And if she doesn't, then she could she could become a headline and she could ruin this guy's campaign. And so, anyways, uh, I don't know. I, I think we've we've talked a lot more about like story and character. In well, because this one to than me, we that's, have a lot of the other movies we've done recently. Well, I'm going to tell you though. I mean, like Ryan Gosling gets to like you know have have a big moment, but. To me, like this versus something like Fifty Fifty, you know, this is more about story than mm-hmm. it is about you know. And it's a great, acting the crap out of you. Things. Really it's don't a good story. You, you don't, don't see where happen. it's going. Yeah, I know. You think, okay, well, so he's going to defect to the other side, and then mm-hmm. you find out he's played by the other side. So then, what is he going to do? Is he just going to blow the lid off of things, yeah. or is he going to, you know? And I mean, even down to the scene with George Clooney, going, yeah, I don't think there's a note, and you know, you still don't know. Like, well, is he going? to... It's a game the whole time. There, you know, everybody's. Everybody's trying to to outplay everybody else, but they, you know, it, it it I guess Clooney. I think Clooney's trying to inject a point into that that should this really all be a game like this? And how how what does it say about the country that these guys are all playing this game, this ruthless game like this? And they're 
there really uh, is no concern whatsoever for principle, and it and it turns these people who are supposed to be the Aaron Sorkin characters. They're supposed to be, you know, fighting for all of us and doing, you know, trying to take care of us. But what they're actually doing is they're they're all yeah, completely they just win. they're completely cynical and and selfish. I and, mean, even Paul, who makes his big speech about loyalty, at the end of the day is not being loyal to Steven. He doesn't have his back, and basically his whole goal is just to be a winner. That's right. Like, that's all he really wants. Yeah. But, um, you know... He just thinks that loyalty is the way to be a winner. I thought thought watching, you know, the first half, really, of the movie with George Clooney as candidate, I was like, oh my gosh, is this George Clooney? Like, sorry, baby, crying. There you go. Good cry. So, So you said, oh my gosh, is this George Clooney... Oh. Running for president? Yeah, and I was like, because it sounded like stuff he would say, and then suddenly it's like, whoa, this is him going, like, politics sucks. Like, it, you know, because he's always kind of said, yeah. if he's anybody ever asks, most... like, are you going to run for, you know, yeah. president? He's always like, no, no, no. But he's saying the most idealistic stuff. It's like, it's like liberal dream stuff. Right. Yeah. It's all, it's all, I mean, it's unrealistic. Like, no... Nobody would ever run on the kind of issues that he's running on in this movie. But they're just trying to make it clear to you that he's he he portrays himself as the uber idealist, you know. Right. When in fact he's just like everybody else. Right. Well, exactly. But I don't know. You, yeah, you're off track now. We got a baby crying. Well, he's kicking me in the stomach at the same time. That sound means it's come to the end of our show this week. But no, I think we talked this one out pretty good. I I think I like this one a little more than you because I think I. Well, I told you, is in general, this is not my genre the political. Film. I prefer the political cynicism. I think could hit with audiences, and I think because I think that's how people feel right now. Yeah, I think but you they feel like it is all crap and that they're that none of them are any good and I, I i think that's how america's feeling right now and i think they that that might this might pick up on something with people well if they see it and i think that this is probably gonna run into the same problem that our beloved fifty fifty ran into last weekend which is how the crap do you market this movie like because it's sometimes look michael michael um what, what, what was Michael Clayton? Michael Clayton did really well, and it was it was a very convoluted looking trailer that was, uh, you know, this one's guess got everything Michael Clayton had. You've got George Clooney's face all over it. You got Ryan Gosling, who's a hot name right now. Don't be gay for Ryan Gosling. I didn't say he's hot. I said he's a hot name. Mm, he's a hot name. Look, all their all their marketing it with is Ryan Gosling and George Clooney, and they didn't even because like look. I went into this movie, had no idea Evan Rachel Wood was in this movie. I know. No like idea said, Marissa Tomei or, or Oscar winners, Paul Giamatti and, and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And Marissa Tomei. Well, what, Giamatti might not have won one. He's been nominated, though, multiple yeah, he's times. he's probably won one. Multiple Oscar he nominees. He probably won for Sideways, right? He did not, I don't think. Everybody won for this. The Flanagans movie. are screaming at their, at their iPods right now. They know, they know the answer. Okay. But anyways, the, uh, I, I mean, this, this is a movie that is burying some very big stars in the marketing because they I know, think, that's what I'm saying. They think all they need, butts in the I'm saying they think all they need is Clooney and Ryan Gosling. And, uh, I think they might be right. I think this, I think we, you know, we'll see over the course of the weekend what it does. I think it's going to do better than 50, 50 did. 
Anyway, look, I'm not. I don't feel See, good it, about what happened to Fifty Fifty. We we I feel all terrible feel, about. We it. all feel bad about it, but it is what it is. No, I it's think not it was, done. Go see it. I oh. think it was very tough to to market, and I think, uh, I think even if they did a good job marketing it, which I don't think they did, I think it still would have been tough to pull it off. Cancer just doesn't make people want to go see movies. Uh, well, anyways, the reason, as I started to say, this is not necessarily a genre that. It just doesn't resonate with me. Like, it was definitely a tight movie. It was enjoyable to watch, but it doesn't stick with me in the way that something like 50-50, which has these, like, lovely moments and mm-hmm. this pulls at your heartstrings. Like, that's just always going to be, you know, what I'm going to gravitate towards and what I'm just generally going to leave the theater with a warmer feeling about because it was just kind of a little... Well, there's light. nothing warm about this movie. Right. And so, I mean, and so I can appreciate that it was well-written and well-acted, but it's just not, you know, I'm grading based on what is my cup of tea, not any cerebral... Yes basis and you know i think it was well I a think, solid b plus like it was very it was I enjoyable my, to watch but i'm gonna probably not be thinking about it tomorrow i think my black swan comparison oh. has some has some validity to it and i think that's part of why you don't like it as much as me because i think that it's this is a movie about a very dark subject and it is at the end of the day i mean there will be blood is another good example this is about the destruction of someone's yeah, it, soul. No, basically. you know what though? Black Swan was freaking. Black Swan had a lot more going on. I mean, here's the thing. But here's I think the thing that thematically is, is what I'm saying. Black Swan was like being stabbed in the face. This movie, like, there were moments of where people were like laughing, sort of in disbelief, and mm. like you know the plot twist that would come. You would just sort of laugh because there was nothing else you could do. Because you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. And so there was like, even though it is, yes, people like you know. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. a sp- downward but spiral the, in it. It's sort of like in good fun a little bit because of the way the twists and turns but come. It's, it's not just like yeah. totally a downer of an experience to see it because it is really an enjoyable movie because, again, yes. you're just going like, what is going to happen? How oh about my gosh, this? how are they going to get how out of this? How about Godfather is a pretty good example. It, it's, uh, you know, you're taking this bright-eyed, innocent character and you put him in this world that's all evil and darkness and what happens in the end is that he can't he can't uh help but be corrupted by it and so it ends on a really dark note because what you're seeing at the end of the movie is this guy who has become corrupted uh and so i think it leaves you feeling down but i think it's it's accurate in in that it's this it has some depressing it has me. some truth to it again like i i think i remember what moment it was when he calls, when they're having the press conference about Molly's death, mm-hmm. and George Clooney oh, yeah. steps aside, the phone call, and the yeah. phone call says it's for Molly, yeah. I think that was when the audience kind of went like, oh my god. Like, there was like sort of almost laughter. Oh, yeah. It was just like, oh, crap. He's throwing down with him, yeah. Yeah, and like, I mean, so it was like, it was an enjoyable movie because... From a plot standpoint, it was, yeah. It, but I'm saying, like, it was an enjoyable experience, because it's kind of like... You know, once you realize, like, they're all kind of playing this, like, game, mm-hmm. then it just becomes, like, a little bit cat and mouse. You want to like, know who wins. Everybody, yeah. you know, everybody's bad, so it's not like you're feeling bad for anybody yep. at that point. You know, it's just, it was an, it was an enjoyable dark movie. Yeah, I agree. As opposed to Black Swan, like I said, it's like being stabbed no, in the face. I was, I was mostly talking themes, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's easy to follow. It's well, fun. It's fun to follow. I'll tell you what. It wasn't to me. I was a little bit again because I didn't really know what the gist of the movie was. Probably until the big revelation in the hotel room about Evan Rachel Wood. 
I was kind of like, some of it was like a little over my head because I'm not good with the politics kind of you thing. You just weren't and again, following I just wasn't sure, like, the deal what, with... What is the point of this With movie? trying to get the guy, Jeffrey Wright's endorsement and the delegates and the yeah, primary. Yeah, it's very, it's very Well, I guess if you don't, if you don't know, if you don't really get how that system works. That part of it also made me and there's like a West Wing, but I was like, well, There's what? a lot of discussion <laughs> about uh, this idea of the open primary and how Republicans can actually come in and intentionally vote for the guy that they, that they think is a loser. Right. And so some that, of that was, that's like dirty. That's a dirty method that they're trying to show you that, Morris would never do that. And so, that, you know, they're trying to sell you for a little while on the idea that Morris is a good guy. Yeah. Oh, no. For I mean, yeah. until the until you find out he got a girl pregnant, right. you think that. You totally right. buy it. And you think that's the point of the movie is, oh, it's going to be this rousing thing mm-hmm. that this, you know, bright-eyed kid's got this great candidate and, you right. know. But Paul, Jim, Paul, you hear Paul Giamatti sort of gives that speech that cuts through, really, that scene with Paul Giamatti and, and Ryan Gosling in the bar cuts th- that that's the first time they kind of slap you in the yeah. face and go listen this ain't the west wing you know and and paul yeah. giamatti says you know hell yeah we're 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 playing like republicans because that's that's how you win you know right. you, you have to play you have to be mean and ruthless and and do whatever you have to do and uh well and of course the other thing that's telling is that all of the you know both sides are on the quote-unquote same side you know that's the other thing that's so cynical about mm-hmm. this is that it's not yeah the prime it's not the fact Democrats that it's a primary republicans it's, yeah it's guys who are allegedly on the same team yeah would, and they're and they're they'll do anything to destroy each other yeah mm-hmm. it's a good point all right well we said we would we would wrap up shortly as uh the little man is is uh starting to make some more noise here but Francesca, yeah, excellent discussion. I thank you so much for uh, for talking with me about this movie, and I, I look forward to hearing from some of our listeners about what they think about this movie. I, I think I think there might there might be some divided opinion on it. Well, but. you know, the people who were walking out, you probably didn't notice because you were running to the bathroom like a tiny girl. Mm-hmm. But the people who uh, the gentleman who was with the marketing firm, right. Uh, was like I think taking quotes from people and actually people who were in there did not seem they were like well I'm glad I didn't pay for it oh really I'll, you know I I, I would have maybe gotten it off a of red box or something so I and I think generally that was just a knee jerk reaction to yeah. the ending people don't like so, ambiguous yeah endings. it's funny we really got a lot of groans from that ending so I'll be interested to see what people think but yeah so I mean I, people I mean and granted I think it was like I said the marketing man was like mom I think was one of the people and like. <laughs> Because she said well, something about that he gave her his grandchildren. Yeah, whatever. I don't know, her grandchildren. Uh, something. I uh, I'll be interested to hear what our listeners think for sure. So if well, our, you, uh, our listeners are cut above the average, and I think they are. I to think, appreciate the I think, intricacies of it. I think you're right. But so, I think you know. I don't know that this is necessarily going to get great word of mouth, but you know, when we left fifty fifty too. Like I said, I heard two different then, people go like it was just like too realistic. So you know. People apparently don't want to feel anything when they go to the movies. No, they will. They really don't. They uh, want to feel Taylor Lautner's abs, and that's it. That's right. Well, so we can we'll we'll we'll, we'll be all cynical next time in the podcast. But for now, if you want to, uh, if you've seen this movie already, and it's uh, you want to let us know what you think, go to our Facebook page. You can just find us at facebook.com/slash/filmnerds. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at filmnerds. 
You can email us here at the podcast at matt at filmnerds.com and that let us know what you think. Ruffles my feathers still. Yeah. Or you can email us at matt. Or you can just leave a comment on the blog, filmnerds.com slash blog. Hey, you should follow me on Twitter. Yeah, oh, you can follow wow, Francesca wow. if you want. But you can you can find you'll you'll find Francesca on the Film Nerds Twitter. We'll 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 send everybody to, to her page. She she needs some more followers. Shut people. up. She's lonely over there. It's true. Anyways, uh, thanks Ain't again. Too proud to beg. Right. What? Well, thanks everybody for listening and for uh, joining us for another Cinematrimony podcast. And hopefully, we'll be back again very soon. Thank you again, Francesca. You're welcome, Matt. And thank shake, you. Shake hands. What? We had a good podcast. I'm, I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. Well, good night, everyone. And good luck. Nice. <laughs> it's not